1: What's up, players? This is the talk of champions, franchise player. Always boss player. Forever. Happy Monday, and welcome into another edition of Franchise Player, the site crossover podcast of the Ole Miss Spirit on three and inside the Rebels 247. I'm Ben Garrett at but on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels 247. Ole Miss is 2-0 and, and travels to Georgia Tech this week. What do we know about those quarterbacks? The health of Luke Altmyer, Jackson, Darton, pressing. David Johnson, he has the answers. Hey, buddy, what's up?
2: Yeah, we hope to get all the answers. Uh, Lane will have his Monday press conference around noon today. You know, he's going to have to talk about the quarterbacks. He's going to have to tell us how Luke Altmeyer is doing. Uh, he's going to have to, I think, name a starter for the Georgia Tech game. We all know that that's going to be Jackson Dart. But officially, he's going to have to do it. Altmaier's health, uh, obviously, question right now, I don't think he was seriously injured. We all certainly hope not. Is Kinkade Dent number two quarterback this weekend if Luke Altmeier, you know, is not serviceable? So all of that and more, we'll find out a little bit later on today.
1: Did Luke Altmaier do anything in your mind in his time against central Arkansas to at least match equal or better what Jackson Dart did in his time?
2: You know, it's really hard to say. I mean, he started off on fire. I mean, he completed six of, I think six of his first seven, two touchdowns ran for a touchdown. You couldn't ask much more of Luke Altmaier when he was healthy, but you know, when the injury happened, uh, Obviously, he wasn't the same guy. The last pass he threw was straight into the hands of a UCA defender, and uh, that was that was it for him. And Jackson Dart comes in and basically does everything you would have hoped he would have done against Central Arkansas. You know, the problem is, you know, Ole Miss has played two inferior opponents to start the season. Troy uh, beat – Alabama EM and in a competitive game Saturday a relatively competitive game I think it was 37 to 18 and UCA was just outmanned outclassed out everything you've got live action to evaluate on these two guys it's not the same level of what you're going to see at Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech is not the same level of what you're going to see when SEC play starts you know, can you safely say this thing is over, Jackson Dart is the quarterback? I don't think you can, can push it that far. I think Jackson Dart starts against Georgia Tech. If he has a fantastic game, it's going to be hard to get him out of the lineup.
1: Yeah, I'm operating right now as if Jackson Dart is the quarterback moving forward. Um, a lot of that has to do with Luke Altmaier getting banged up, but also I just feel like this is eerily similar when Matt Crowell was trying to, with his huge arm and ability to run, but huge arm was being shoehorned into an offense under Rich Rodriguez. Once he went down and got hurt, John Rice Plumlee stepped in and he could run as a quarterback and took over and started all the games. This feels like a similar opportunity for Jackson Dart. And on Saturday against Central Arkansas, he took advantage, but it's Central Arkansas, can you do that against Georgia Tech? And if he does, I think it's his job. All but indefinitely, until unless he shows something just catastrophically bad. Because I do feel like Jackson Dart showed improvement from Troy to Central Arkansas. Again, we're grading on it's Central Arkansas. (laughs) So let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But he did do exactly what you wanted him to do against Central Arkansas. And now the opportunity is there because of the injury to Luke Altmaier to really firmly Secure his spot if that makes sense,
2: yeah, yeah. And Jackson could have done a lot more. You know, Lane pulled him out of the game, and I think in part because you know, maybe Lane was thinking Altmeyer's injured, Dent may have to be my number two guy. I'm one play away from Dent being in there, I need to get Dent some reps. And uh, you know, so you saw Kincaid Dent close that game out. We're, we're, we'll see, like I said, we'll know a lot more in just a couple of hours. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm with you right now. Jackson dart is the guy moving ahead. You know, will it change? It could very well, but right now
1: Jackson darts your quarterback. He just looked better to me against central Arkansas than Luke. And it's no knock on Luke. Cause Luke did what he was supposed to do. Wait a minute though. Ask yourself how much better did
2: Jackson look than Luke before Luke got hurt. He was putting the balls where it needed to be was making the plays. He was was putting the balls
1: where they needed to be short to intermediate. I I just just don't feel like he's that much of a viable threat as a downfield passer. He didn't need to be. Well, you're going to need to against the LSUs of the world. Yeah, you
2: are. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And against their secondaries too, Mm -hmm. which is a whole different ball game. This is going to be going on until Jackson Dart goes out there against Kentucky and throws for 350 yards going to be in the back of people's mind. But at this point, just calling it the way I see it, Jackson Dart is the quarterback. Could it change? Absolutely could change.
1: But that's the way I see it right now. Yep. And I feel like Lane's going to confirm that. And then Ole Miss goes to Georgia Tech on Saturday with pretty much everything else trending up except for – well, even the quarterbacks are trending up as far as how Jackson Dart played in back-to-back games. If you're only – Judging or evaluating Jackson Dart in a vacuum and not the quarterback competition that's been going on since the spring. Jackson Dart made improvement from game one to game two. It is Central Arkansas, so Georgia Tech is a big opportunity for him, especially without potentially Luke Altmeyer you know nipping at his heels here, to go out there and, and really stamp his place and say, "All right, I've got a good old on this grace
2: yeah, you know, and, and you're on the road at another Power Five school, and you would think hostile environment, but I would be almost willing to bet Ole Miss fans make up 30% of that scheme on Saturday. Tech fans, they're just not on this football team. We all know Jeff Collins is on the hot seat. Braves are home Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Saturday's game's even night game. So, radically, you could go, okay, we're going to Atlanta this weekend. Uh, we're going to have a baseball football weekend and, uh, have a great time. Stick it out. Fireworks Friday night.
1: What do you think about like the uh, game day environment so far?
2: Yeah, it, you can't measure it right now. It doesn't matter right now. Um, you know, it's, it's Troy and central Arkansas. I mean, I will say this kudos to the Ole Miss band. They, they've got a, a great halftime show. It seemed like they had the same halftime show forever. And now, uh, It looks like there are more members in the band and uh, they're doing a great job. You know, other than that, you know, we're behind glass in the press box. So you really don't hear much of the crowd noise or, you know, all the PA stuff and the music and everything, but um, the game day environment, it'll, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You know, you know the biggest thing about a game day environment, it's, it's about the game and it's who you're playing. So, October 1st against Kentucky, I think the vault is going to be wild. It's going to be tremendous. It'll be okay. I haven't been overly impressed with anything the first two weeks, but, again, it's the game itself. But
1: this is overreaction Monday, all right? Give me your biggest overreaction, positive or negative. Texas A&M is vastly overrated,
2: vastly overrated. I watched them play Sam Houston State in their season opener, and it was pedestrian. And then we all know what happened Saturday when App State came in there and beat them. They have quarterback issues. They have offensive issues. I had a at two. I probably put them at five, maybe even six. Um, Texas a blow hard coverage of the Aggies, and uh, they're not where, you know, they're nine, ten million a year. They're paying Jimbo Fisher ought to have them.
1: Where is Ole Miss then?
2: Right now, I think the West is wide open. Um, We saw Alabama struggle at Texas. I'm still not convinced it wasn't just a bad day. A lot of penalties and some drop balls and things like that. Uh, Nick Saban will rectify them. They got out alive. I I would put Ole Miss right now. With a chance, with a puncher's chance of unseating Alabama. I have not been impressed with LSU. I've told you about A&M. I, I do think Mississippi State is more of a factor than I originally thought they would be. Uh, Arkansas, to me, is an eight-win, nine, maybe nine-win team. Uh, they're, go- they're going to be a factor. And we have to go to Fayetteville, and that's, that's, that's going to be tough in November. That's always a nightmare.
1: It always is. It's um, always but, weird. Something really weird.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: But what I would. Arkansas put, uh, even play normal football games anymore?
2: Yeah, so, uh, you don't
1: think so? I mean, very rarely. But. Uh, but I do feel like yeah, Ole Miss and Arkansas are kind of in the same conversation right now.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. I think I think you you look at Ole Miss and you look at Arkansas and you go, maybe that's the battle for number two in the West behind Alabama, just because. We know Alabama's history. You you simply cannot count Alabama out because you saw an infraction on their part Saturday.
1: Yeah, my overreaction on this Monday, overreaction Monday, is not so much that Alabama is vulnerable after Texas. I just kind of thought, hey, Gary Patterson is a really good defensive coordinator even though he's he not the yeah. defensive coordinator. Because like I like Steve Sarkeesian fine, but do I believe in Steve Sarkeesian or Gary Patterson more? Well, Gary Patterson, and I felt like he had a really good plan, even though he's an, just an analyst or something for them. I just look at that game as a singular example of a program that is trying its damnedest to rise up again, putting forth – probably the best effort it possibly could, even with this quarterback, Quinn Ewers, playing well, going down. With Alabama, you can never project that they're going to lose, but it still would have been interesting to see what the final outcome would have been with Quinn Ewers playing the whole game. But I still didn't think, oh, wow, Texas is back, or, man, Alabama, they don't look like the Alabama of old. It was just a fun Saturday in college football, Gary Patterson's good at being a defensive coordinator. That's kind of where I was. Well,
2: I don't I think any
1: differently of Alabama today than I did going into Saturday. And maybe I yeah. should, but I don't. And-
2: Same here. Although, you know, Alabama is probably vulnerable on their offensive line. I think that that showed up a little bit, but you know, um, as far as Texas goes, that was as good of a loss as you could possibly get. There's energy around the Texas program now. Um, and, 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 you know what, it it meant a lot to them because they're coming into the sec and, uh, You know, they've showed already they're going to be a tough out. So uh, good for Texas. Now, look, stepping outside of our geographic footprint a little bit, if you will. How about the Marshall Thundering Herd? Love it. Go into South Bend and beat Alabama, uh, Notre Dame. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, to me, that that was just tremendous. But the question is, what does that say about Ohio State, who barely beat Notre Dame in the opener, And then Marshall walks into South Bend and leaves with a million and a half and uh, a victory.
1: See, I feel like we're in the exact same place we always are. Alabama and Georgia are far and away the best teams in the country. We'll see who the other two teams are that are included in the college football playoff at the end of the year, but Alabama and Georgia are going to play for the title.
2: And Notre Dame is one of those programs that always gets the benefit of the doubt. You know, if you can find a way to put them in the top 10, you're going to put them in the top 10.
1: Ole Miss, I think, is number 17, and that feels about right after that crazy, wacky weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah, 17 in one poll, 20 in the other. And uh, you probably have to beat Kentucky at home and be 5-0 and before you break in the top 10. Kentucky with a big win, going to Florida, knocking off the Gators. Um, you know, and that makes that game coming up in Oxford on October 1st huge. It, it, it's monumental. That's going to be the day you, you, you really can gauge – the atmosphere of Vaught-Hemingway Stadium.
1: Yeah, you can't do it off of Troy in Central Arkansas. Come on.
2: Nope, can't do that. Um, So, anyway, it was a crazy weekend of college football. This weekend, I don't know that there are a lot of premier games out there, so to speak, but um, the action's been topsy-turvy, and I think it'll continue to be that way until you get 10 or so teams that kind of separate themselves that you go, okay, we're going to have our four
1: out of this 10. Is Ole Miss one of those 10 or close to being one of those 10 right now?
2: Probably. I I think so. You can't rule them out after, uh, you know, two games in which they've defeated their opponents 87-13. to But, you know, I I think you're going to get that answer probably after October 1st when they play Kentucky. Kentucky's a good football team. I think everybody knows that. Ole Miss is a good football team. One of those teams probably drops – off of that list of those 10 teams that could crack the college football playoff after that day. Um, not, not technically, technically both would still be alive, but you know, if you're going to lose to Kentucky or if you're Kentucky, if you're going to lose to Ole Miss, you're probably going to lose to somebody else along the way. Um, but um, yeah, Ole Miss could be in the in, in that top 10. Because after that, there's, there's a road trip to Vanderbilt. Then there's uh, Auburn. You know, So you could be 7-0 and going to Baton Rouge, and LSU doesn't look like uh, world beaters this year. We've talked about Texas a and I don't think they're all that. You could leave College Station 9-0, and then your season is in front of you. You've got an open date. Then you play Alabama and Oxford. Then there is that trip to Fayetteville. There's reason to be optimistic if you're an Ole Miss fan. It is. But um, that Kentucky game, I think, looms very, very large
1: right now. Well, let's look at the Ole Miss to-do list for Central Arkansas and see how they did. Number one, quarterback play, um, someone or both of them standing out. You don't want it playing out this way. You don't want anybody getting banged up or injured. What I've heard is that this could be kind of a lingering thing, a pain tolerance thing that Luke has to kind of push through. It's not something that we're, okay, let's get surgery, and he'll be back in four to six weeks or something like that. That's not what it is. Um, but it is something that could bother him or impede his progress or his uh, development and chase for this, this quarterback job. But it does at least provide clarity for Jackson Dart to go out there against Georgia Tech, a better quality of opponent than Central Arkansas and Troy, without looking over his shoulder or feeling the pressure of, if I don't do this now, if I don't show out now, for X amount of time, two quarters, two and a half quarters, three quarters, whatever it might be, I know I'm going to be replaced and that's going to be the only film I put out there for the coaches to kind of evaluate and decide or make this decision based off of. Now I can just go play my game and stay within the flow of the game and the offense and whatever happens, happens. So I think in that way, there is a silver lining to a player getting hurt, even though you never, ever want it to happen this way. Just like with Matt Crowell and John Rice Plumlee under Rich Rod. You don't want... Like, it's old football adage. You can't lose your job um, based off of injury or because of injury. And yet it happens always, always, right? And now this is, cold as it sounds, an opportunity for Jackson Dart to really grab this thing by the throat if he goes out there and, and plays well and builds off of Central Arkansas when he looked markedly better than he did against Troy. Yeah,
2: and you look at um, you know pros and cons for each of these quarterbacks. That's definitely a con for Luke, where he's got to fight through a, a a pain tolerance issue, and it's definitely a plus for Jackson Dart because he doesn't right now. And uh, you're right. I mean, neither one of those guys would want something like that into the equation. That's where we're at right now. Moving on.
1: Yeah, because Kentucky is when you really needed to settle on one the closer you can get – or the further away from Kentucky you can get clarity and not push up right against that game, that kickoff, uh, the better. And I feel like Ole Miss is kind of positioned for that. It's unfortunate how they got there, but I feel like they are closer to that. So if Jackson Dark can go and perform against Georgia Tech, well, then he has a real opportunity. Now, wide receivers and getting separation, that was another to-do list item Old Miss and Central Arkansas. It is Central Arkansas, so we're grading on a ridiculously unbalanced yeah, curve, right? So true, uh, true. Jonathan Mingo looked great at Central Arkansas, but you want Jonathan Mingo to be that go-to guy? He looked like that go-to guy. He made some really uh, impressive contested catches, but again, the separation, do we see it? No,
2: no, we didn't, and the con- the contestation, if you will, Uh when you're playing Kentucky and LSU and a and and Alabama is going to be much greater than what it was Saturday night against UCA. That's where your concern lies.
1: All right. So they're one for one offensive line play. Pass or fail?
2: Uh, you know, you're playing central Arkansas and I'm taking that into consideration. And the fact the quarterback was sacked at all is a fail. Um, you know, and, and, and there are a lot of moving parts on this offensive line. Uh, I mean, Jaden Williams, a red-shirt freshman. Jeremy James playing on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. Nick Broker playing in a whole new position. So what your hope has to be there, Ben, is as these guys get more games under their belt, they start playing more cohesively as a unit. And, uh, you know, but, but as far as Saturday night's performance, the fact that Ole Miss quarterback was touched by Central Arkansas, that's a fail.
1: Defensively, they're one for two so far on the checklist. Um, defensively, what was their biggest to-do list item for you? And I just feel like almost defensively is in a good spot. They've been really vanilla. And yeah, you can nitpick some stuff, but I feel like defensively they're fine.
2: Look, they they've given up 13 points yeah. to two teams. Okay. One touchdown all year. And uh, linebacker play due primarily to Kari Coleman, a little bit of Troy Brown has been much better than any of us anticipated. I mean, right now, Kari Coleman's on track to be an All-American if he can keep this stuff up. Um, you know, I, I, everything about Chris Partridge's defense is a thumbs-up from me. I give it an A-plus right now.
1: They're playing very vanilla, and, yeah, it's Central Arkansas and it's Troy, but they've given up one touchdown. Their first-teamers didn't give up a touchdown or any points against Central Arkansas. That's what I mean, if you're looking for, all right, it's crappy Central Arkansas, then Ole Miss defensively needs to go out there and not give up any point. Well, they did that. They did that. And they did Absolutely. it plain vanilla. Yep, they have. Yeah, they've been fine. So I'm not really concerned defensively about much of anything right now. All the question marks right now are offensively. I feel like one big question was answered. Michael Trigg dominated Central Arkansas. Now, he uh, had a couple of uh, – one was a bad drop, and then a couple of other plays like pass pro where Michael's still a work in progress. But if you're looking for Michael Trigg, the stud, to emerge, the stud started to show against Central Arkansas.
2: Yeah, just, just pure athletic and physical ability um, versus Central Arkansas stood out. Um, Trigg is a gamer. You look out there, practice, and, you know, sometimes he looks like maybe he doesn't want to be out there. Um, but he shows up on Saturdays. I expect this trend to continue. And, uh, you know, Michael Trigg is a guy. I mean, he, he's uh, – I, I give him a pass right now. I mean, three touchdowns against Central Arkansas, yeah, crappy team. But um, still.
1: Yeah, it's three tutties. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this Georgia Tech team because have, maybe I haven't watched enough of Georgia Tech or just games in general. Like, what does Ole Miss have to do Saturday to show real progress? And we're talking offensively because both of us, I think, feel the same way defensively about Ole Miss, that they're in a good spot, they haven't really tried anything, and they've dominated anyway. So what do, they, what do you need to see against Georgia Tech outside of a win to make you feel like Ole Miss is making real progress towards – legitimately being considered potentially the number two, three team in the West?
2: I think this game hinges largely on the play of the offensive line. I think Ole Miss has to set up and establish a powerful ground game. We all know they're capable of doing that. Um, And let the ground game set up the pass. You don't want to roll Jackson Dart out there and go, you got to win this with your arm. Let the ground game come first. Then let things open up for Jackson State. I mean, for Jackson Dart. Lord have mercy, and start, <laughs> and start, uh, start, start opening things up for him. Um, I, I think, and and in order for that to happen, the O line has got to get a push up front, and they've got to protect Jackson Dart. Uh, I'm not worried about Ole Miss defensively. They're gonna they're gonna throttle the Georgia Tech offense down to a point where. You know, as long as things are going swimmingly for the Ole Miss offense, the Rebels are going to leave there with a double-digit victory. And in order to do that, I think it's on the five guys up front to get the push they need to provide the protection. Jack's dark's going to
1: need. Ole Miss hosted on Saturday Walker White, a 2024 four-star quarterback for Central Arkansas, so we need to do a recruit check, but first – If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, working with a professional is of the utmost importance. And that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group, and he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And tell him that Ben sent you for a no-cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial group. Your Omas baseball rebels are national champions. Yes, that really happened. Your eyes did not deceive you. And what better way to celebrate since we all spent way too much money getting to and back home from Omaha than with a new car? code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try.
1: Sunday was a glorious return for the NFL regular season. And now is the time to prepare for your winning season at MyBookie. Whether you're a veteran bettor or a first-timer, MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus. It's quick. It's easy. A $250 deposit puts $500 in your account, and you can use your funds to bet instantly on as many games, contests, and props as you want. To claim your bonus... Register today and use promo code TOC for talk of champions, TOC, designed to add more excitement to the games and sports you love. Bet on team win totals, predict the Super Bowl winner, bet on college football, Ole Miss and Georgia Tech, or use the MyBookie prop builder and secure the bag. Because your winning season begins today, exclusively at MyBookie. Let's do a recruit check. Bring it on. Recruit check. It is on. Check it out. Only two topics I want to cover this recruit check. And the first one doesn't even really start with a recruit. It starts with an old Miss Rebel, current Ole Miss Rebel, Quinshawn Judkins. Quinshawn Judkins came from Alabama. He was a three-star, four-star, depending on your service. And Alabama and Auburn both let him get out. And, David, I don't know if I've been more impressed with a true freshman running back at Ole Miss ever. And I've been on this earth for 37 years.
2: Yeah, he runs hard. That's a machine. And I kind of thought when he got nicked up in fall camp, Ole Miss would be a little slower into working him into things. But as it turns out, it's Zach Evans and then Quinchon Judkins and then Ulysses Bentley. That's kind of the pecking order right now. Now, Evans didn't get as many carries uh, or as many yards as Judkins did Saturday against UCA. But you get Zach Evans in the game you establish it and you yank him out. And that's exactly what Lane did and let Quinshawn kind of tote the load. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm impressed with him. I mean, I, I have no idea how Alabama, how Auburn let him go. Um, in this day and age of the transfer portal, though, we better make him love Oxford, Mississippi, because, uh, either one of those programs or a host of others could, uh, come knocking on his door. So, uh, You want Quinshawn Judkins to be in love with everything red and blue and everything Oxford.
1: See, I just feel like, and that's that's, not the first time I've heard that sentiment this weekend. I I wish I could show you the text messages I've gotten like, well, we better pony up for Quinshawn Judkins. I I get where Mm -hmm. you're coming from. I do. However, I feel like it's very small program thinking to immediately two games into a season when a true freshman is performing and say, oh, well, can Ole Miss hold on to him? That's that's very – All I said was others will be calling. That's all I said.
2: I didn't say he was going to leave.
1: Yeah, it just kind of no. bleeds into what I'd heard this weekend. Are, are, are you saying others won't be calling? Oh, they will be calling. My point is, is like, right now I'm in a place where Ole Miss, I feel like in NIO, they are not as far along as Alabama, certainly Georgia, even Kentucky. However – when it comes to individual cases, like Jackson Dart, for example, Ole Miss went head-to-head with Oklahoma to get Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg. From an NIL standpoint, they more than had enough to not only match whatever Oklahoma could offer, but surpass that. And with Quinshawn Judkins, I feel it's the same way. He will be valued because Zach Evans is only going to be here for a year. Quinshawn Judkins, he will be valued to the point where they're, Ole Miss is not going to let as a – if it considers itself an SEC contender, SEC contenders don't allow for what will be a featured member, if not the number one option for their offense next year, to go somewhere else. Ole Miss fans and the Ole Miss Nil community has shown in individual cases they can more than do enough to protect their own. And I feel like they'll do that with Quinshawn. So the idea. That Omus needs to be scared of or worried about other teams calling. Now, I'm not saying that's you. I've just seen that sentiment out there, especially through my friends in this group text I got, that Omis is going to have the money. Omis will get the money. They'll rally around and get the money if they have to. That's a good problem to have, is my point, right? Because, like you you want the alternative. You want the alternative where Quinchon Jenkins is just kind of plodding along and helping out. No, you want a breakout emerging player. He runs like mad, and him and Zach Evans paired together is invaluable for an Ole Miss offense that's still trying to figure out this quarterbacks because Lane Kiffin said it on Saturday. It's not just the quarterbacks have to play well. It's not just the wide receivers and the running backs. It's the defense and special teams too. So a strong running game paired with the defense that's been good and a special teams unit that's been better than I expected, especially with kicking. Like these quarterbacks, I mean, that, that's the ideal situation for them. So let's stop thinking little old miss, not you, not you. Old miss will do what it needs to do if it considers itself and fashions itself and fancies itself the um, upper level program that it is a top 15 team right now. Yeah. But
2: opinion. again, you're, you know, just playing the devil's advocate here because I believe Quenchon Judkins is here for the long run. I mean, I, I don't think he's leaving, but it, it's a farm system now. Okay, I mean, you see it happening all over college football where the FCS superstar is ending up at a program like Kent State. Okay, and the Kent State superstar is ending up at a program like
1: Purdue or Um, or the Blitnikoff winner goes from Pittsburgh to USC. So I see your point.
2: Or the Ole Miss superstar ends up at a program, Alabama. It's a kind of tiered farm system that we've welcomed in to this craziness that is now college football, and you can't ever take anything off the table.
1: I agree, but my point you is know. if you fashion yourself to be one of those programs that's uh, knocking on the door of playoff contention, of championship contention, then this isn't even a concern. You're going to pay and pony up for Quinshon yeah. Judkins. That's that's and, the and cost look, of doing business.
2: We need to be perfectly clear here. Quinshawn Judkins has not said anything about Nothing, me. nothing. This <laughs> nothing. is nothing. such an homeless thing to do. Yeah, this this is just uh
0: conversation Accident.
2: on Monday, but, you know, it, it, and he's just representational of the whole of college football right now as far as our conversation is concerned. But, yes. you know, it, it's um, it, 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 it's like, you know, Lane Kiffin has even said this, you know, you're going to have players walking into coach's offices going, Coach, I'd like to stay, but so-and-so's offered me this. What can you do? And, and, and that's just kind of the world we live in now. Whether you like it or not, whether it's right or wrong, that's that's how your rosters are put together now.
1: But and, we accept um, that. So if you're Ole Miss and you think that we're an every-year contender now under Lane Kiffin, then it's baked in, that, yes, that stuff's going to happen, but you are Ole Miss, not little Ole Miss, you are Ole Miss – so that little Ole Miss thinking needs to disappear. You will do what's necessary to make sure that Quinshawn Judkins is comfortable and happy at Ole Miss. But we're still a long way away. This is Overreaction Monday. My second question for this recruit check. Walker White, your co-worker yep. at um, 247, Steve Wolfong, long-respected recruiting guy. Yeah,
2: You and I have I'm been talking about this you-
1: forever. We feel like Ole Miss was trending for Walker White. He just put in a crystal ball for Walker White. He did, he did, after, frankly, a conversation with Walker's father.
2: Um, so that's uh, a little bit surprising this early in the process uh, for Walker White. He's a 2024 quarterback out of Little Rock. Look, he's been giving Ole Miss a lot of attention, and I've been bullish on Walker White. Um, yeah, I, you've been more bullish think, than I have, be honest with you. I, I do think he's, he's absolutely infatuated with Charlie Weiss and Lane Kiffin both and uh, would like nothing better than to play quarterback for them. But, you know, he's got a brother on the baseball team, Zach White, uh, at Arkansas. His his other older brother just transferred from Arkansas and played wide receiver for UCA Saturday night. Um, His dad was a golfer at Arkansas. So there is a lot of Arkansas family history there. You know, truth be known, Walker's dad, his two older brothers, all picked Arkansas coming out of high school you know will walker be that trend buster and, and look make no mistake he is old Miss's number one quarterback target for the 24 class they believe if he were out there in rebel red and blue right now he would fit in just fine with the quarterbacks on the roster that's how high they are of him this kid has this year and another year of high school football left to play i don't know if i would have crystal balled him to old miss right now at this very moment but I'm used to doing it. I'll be honest with you. And then, you know, Walker came over, watched his brother play Saturday night, had a visit with the Ole Miss coaches. That's not the only time he'll be over here this fall. He has told me he's coming back for another game. So, you know, right now it stands at four trips to Oxford in the last five months. Yep. The only month he didn't come was August. while well, he was getting ready for his season and the Rebels were getting ready for theirs and there was a dead period in place. Other than that, he's been every single month.
1: Well, that's kind of my point, David. If you factor in all the Arkansas legacy stuff, I understand the trepidation. But if this was any other player at any other position, not a quarterback and not an Arkansas legacy, and you just, like we always do in recruiting, followed the visits and just the big ticket developments in a recruitment, you would say Ole Miss is the overwhelming favorite. And Steve, look, I used to work with you at 247. Steve is one of the best in the businesses at this. Oh, he's, so, he's,
2: he's a 98% picker. Yeah, he, so for him talking. to go
1: out on, on that ledge after talking to his dad, that perks my antennas up even more to where why are we not – why are we still talking about this as if Ole Miss has to overcome something significant because the, the proof is in his actions. And in his actions, Ole Miss, it seems, especially after what Steve went out and did with the with the crystal ball – Ole Miss, it seems, is the overwhelming favorite for him right now.
2: I don't know if I would say overwhelming yet. Uh, you know, we've got to see – look, you
1: know how recruitment
2: – Yeah, but you get what I'm
1: saying, is. though? Like, if this were not a quarterback I, I from too. Arkansas, what would you be saying? You'd be saying, oh, yeah, I mean, he's oh, a yeah. commitment watch. Oh,
2: yeah, more from Arkansas, but Arkansas has a history of getting the top players in their state. That's true. Period. And when you talk about Walker White, Sam Pittman and his staff – on July 31st, had a huge cookout, their big recruiting weekend in Fayetteville. Walker White certainly invited. Instead, he, he came to Juice Fest. That's so, what I'm saying. You know, yeah, I get it. I, I totally get it. But, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's the best player in the state of Arkansas in the 24 class. You know, I, I like it. I like the way it's trending, obviously. But I'm not ready yet to make that call because Walker White's going to go back up on the hill in Fayetteville this year. And uh, as well as come back to Oxford. So, you know, and I don't think he's going to make a decision anytime soon, probably next spring. I would think
1: we'll see. We'll see. Well, it's not a one-to-one connection, but before we get out of here, you mentioned all the Arkansas prospects that were on campus for central Arkansas. And of course, Arkansas prospects for central Arkansas, it makes sense. But I feel like Ole Miss getting a foothold in Arkansas, which Ole Miss has always dipped into Arkansas over the course of the years. you think about uh, back when, you know, Rod Barnes, we got all the Arkansas basketball players. But you, they never get the top-end talent. But I bring it up because Sam Carter has done a really good job, but we don't get to talk to the assistants. And he's done a bang-up job as a recruiter and as a cornerbacks coach. That was a really good hire in the offseason.
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I really do. And, and, and kudos to the whole staff for recruiting, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you say they, they, they're not recruiting Mississippi. Well – Who's saying that? Man, fans are saying it. Fans are saying it. And they look at him and they evaluate him to be a guy that can come in and help, such as the linebacker, Skyler Mann from Georgia, they're going to be all over him. They'd be all over that, you know, three star from Mississippi if they thought he could actually come in and help. So, you know, this is a false narrative that they're not recruiting Mississippi when in fact they are. Most fans realize that you have to have a, a, a 50 state recruiting base. Yeah. If you look, Look, it's why Mississippi-made didn't work. Now, I I do think the talent in the state in that era was a little bit better than what it is now. But, again, I've said this before, development of television and the fact that you can watch every game in the country on Saturdays really deteriorates what state lines, quote-unquote, used to be. It doesn't matter.
1: I don't give a shit where they come from. Just get good players.
2: There you go. I mean, that's the bottom line. You go get the best of the best that, are, that you're able to bring in to Ole Miss. That's what you do, and that's what this
1: staff is doing. Their starting quarterback for Georgia Tech this weekend is from Utah. I do not care where they come from. Don't care. But I do care about overreaction Monday, and I care that you join me today, David. Thanks, man. We'll do it again.
0: Sounds good. hotty Toddy, everybody.